Big brands are dipping their toes into the NFT world. What does that mean for you? Welcome to The Power of Digital Policy, a show that helps digital marketers, online communications directors, and others throughout the organization balance out risks and opportunities created by using digital channels. Here's your host, Christina Podner. Today, I've invited Dubai-based Chris Clark, CEO of CocoSwap, to help us understand why more and more corporations are considering NFTs. Chris, thanks for coming to hang out today. Thank you, Christina. Thanks for having me. So from Coca-Cola and McDonald's to Asics and Gucci, we've seen existing brands you know, using non-fungible tokens or NFTs in their marketing mix. For those new to the NFT world, give us a quick primer, will you please? Yeah, we're obviously seeing a massive explosion now. Um, and I think NFTs on everybody's lips. Um, I think it, the new word, the buzzword of uh, 2021. And I think people are just really starting to slightly understand what an NFT is. It's, it has a lot of different layers to an NFT, but really it's just um, a unique um, ownership of a one of one digital um, asset that can be distributed on the blockchain, which is a, a verified distributed ledger. So yeah, I think it's really interesting. People are seeing it a lot really with the visual individual art space, especially with the JPEGs like the board apes, which is possibly the most popular. I just think it's, yes, it's just now creeping into the gaming world. So it's gonna, gonna really explode from here on in. So what's really the appeal of NFTs? How are you seeing brands using them right now? Yeah, good question. They use it in so many different ways, really. I mean, you've just seen, I think, the, the um, Super Bowl. Every person who attended the Super Bowl got kind of a memorabilia NFT, and that's going to be a really um, collectible item in maybe five to 10 years if somebody's got um, a collection of 10, especially the first one is always going to be something that people are going to want, to, want their hands on. But yeah, the the brands um, are really now coming into this space. We've seen Adidas coming in with the board apes. Um, So they're really just tying themselves with certain brands and projects that are already in the space. And I think uh, in the next couple of years, we'll see see a larger jump into the space by them. So is it mostly speculative at this point, or are there actual return on investments that businesses are aiming for? Um. No, it's not just speculation. I think we've passed that stage now. Um, I think it took a while for the brands and corporations to really understand what it is. And now it's a case of, I think the the bigger brands will do something where they'll probably acquire a company, which is what we really saw with Microsoft and Activision Blizzard. Rather than affect their business model, they're more than likely to buy into into a project. The, the brands are definitely all going to be coming into this space in 2022. You can see that. I'm certainly excited about it, but Chris, I'm the digital policy girl, so I'm going to put on my uh, other hat for a moment and say it's also been a bumpy road in a way, and there are some bumps that come with the opportunities. What are some of the downsides associated with NFTs? What should brands or teams be thinking about? Um, I, I think it's just really because it's an unregulated space at the minute. Um, we have seen a lot of bad actors come into the space. I think we had something only the other week um, where we had a lot of open sea attacks, which is an NFT marketplace. 
I don't think that was an actual fault on OpenSea's behalf. I think that was just a case of um, people were signing and connecting to a fake OpenSea account. And then when they pressed and um, entered into that account, then they got their NFTs hacked. So we are seeing a lot of things like this, but I think because it's a new and emerging market, I think everybody just really needs to do their um, due, dil due diligence with everything. And I mean, these things over time are going to iron out really. Any particular advice you have for our listeners? I was thinking more along the lines of, obviously there's the straightforward or what I think are straightforward policy considerations like IP ownership, maybe the environmental impact, anything that they should be considering either as risks or as opportunities to turn risks into opportunities, if you will. Yeah. Um, yeah, there, there are some really good blockchains out there. Like I said, um, all this innovation and infrastructure is really new. Um, so I think a lot of these newer blockchains um, are now going carbon neutral. We can see that with Phantasma uh, and certain NFT NFTs as well. Um, so I think it's, it's pretty much like... It's like the steam engine um, and the revolution we had there, all the technology being new, it slowly is um, improving. And now with the emergence of the layer twos uh, and ZK rollups, and I think the crypto mining as well with Bitcoin, which is a proof of work, um, we can see that being a lot more environment um, safety as well. So yeah, it's just improving a lot. Chris, I did a little unscientific survey. I basically went out and asked 50 people, what is CocoSwap? You know what they told me? <laughs> Those in the U.S. thought it had to do with Cocoa Puffs, which it does not, right? There's nothing no. to do with cereal. Uh, no, we did kind of have a little bit of um, the branding side uh, thought process behind that as well. We wanted something to resonate with people. So that's got a slight, slight yeah, inspiration from there. So I like it, actually. It was funny. Some of the folks in the EU and in South America, they thought that it had to do with environmental preservation or tourism experiences. But just to set everybody straight, tell us what is CocoSwap? Yeah, it's a massively multiplayer play-to-earn game um, that's really just focused on competitive um, battlefields and arenas. So the gamers will be able to come onto the game um, and, and from the very first moment, they have the choice to go in the directions that they want to go into. Um, so we have three different types of monkeys that they can choose from, be it the racing monkey, the fighting monkey, or the intellect monkey. So we've got various different games um, in there. We've um, catered to all, all types of gamers. Um, these things where they can come onto the game, go into the treehouse, build their treehouse, um, make friends in there, um, share ideas and strategies. Um, so it's going to be a case with the NFT side of things where they can evolve the monkeys that they train and nurture through the treehouse, through battling other players, through player to earn um, and um, player versus player as well. I heard that NFT gaming could be one of 2022's biggest new NFT trends, and it'll definitely be hard for developers and publishers to ignore, or at least it seems that way. What can we expect for the future of NFT gaming? What do you see happening, not just throughout 2022, but the direction that we're all heading in? Um, yeah, good question. Um, I think now that we are seeing, last year, I think with the blockchain gaming, I think the games were um, very um, 
simple. There wasn't much interaction in the games, but now, because it takes a long time to develop these types of games. Um, we've been working on it for quite some time now, um, and it's not easy. Um, I don't think um, we're there at the triple A level games that these top gaming studios are at in the blockchain blockchain space. Um, I mean, some of these games, World of Warcraft, they work on them for six to seven years. Um, but the Web3 element to these games is all about building a community um, and being able to get people to own part of the network, which is what Web3 is, rather than the Web2 aspect of the game, which is basically just the social webs um, and the control that they had um, over, over data. So, yeah, the, the gaming space is going to be the next stage of crypto, really, uh, game by um, and we're seeing a big adoption of people coming into the space. I think it's 10% every year. Um, and we have, at the minute, we have 3 billion gamers out there. So it's it's increasing. Yeah, it sounds like it's a shifting space, which is fun and interesting, right? Also engaging in terms of having a level playing field and having everybody be able to participate. Yeah, totally. Um, it's all really um, focused about owning part of the network and being a more of a community as well. Um, I mean, the gamers were doing these type of things um, before, but they just couldn't take that value out of the games they were playing in um, and move them off chain uh, and into and into the real world, which they're able to do through NFTs now. So for any digital manager that's out there and they're actually looking to work more in the gaming space right now, who should they be looking to hire? Because I was listening to a podcast that you did. And I think it was last month and my son heard FIFA and his eyes just like popped wide open because he understood that you used to play FIFA or you still do. What type of skill set and background should most of the digital teams right now be looking to add in terms of skill sets if they're looking to really position themselves for the world of NFT and gaming in 2022 and beyond? Um, yeah, I, good question. I think really the approach that we're taking on is that we have hired um, we've got a huge team now uh, of over 30, uh, 30 specialist gamers. Um, but the really aspect, the side that we're going on for is the artificial intelligence that's going to be in the game and augmented reality. Um, so we have got a lot of top data scientists from the best institutes in the world um, who are going to be focusing really on all the data points that we can collect um, from the user that is going to affect the benefit of their gameplay and them to be able to um, improve and progress in the game. Um, so I think how how projects do it is they need to have something that is really different, really specific, uh, and just have a, a slight different niche to we're actually talking about NFTs. We're talking about artificial intelligence, thinking virtual reality, you know, immersive realities. Obviously, all the makings of the metaverse. How do you see CocoSwap contributing to the evolution towards the metaverse? Um, yeah. So again, with the use of AR and artificial intelligence, um, we will be using um, things like geolocation. Um, so people can come onto the game with augmented reality um, and they'll be able to play the game in their location um, and view the world through um, through the game and through the real life as well. Um, and with the AI as well, like again, we've, we're doing something different. Again, like I said, we've got a lot of very highly skilled, uh, qualified um, 
gaming data scientists who who have worked in in these fields for many many years um who will be uh doing a lot of uh, a lot of our game i have to say i'm grinning because i'm thinking to myself i've never heard data scientists and gaming used next to each other in a sentence. And so I'm liking that, actually. Those are like two yeah, cool so, aspects. <laughs> so so how, how it works is uh, when the gamer comes on into the game, from the direction he takes of the game, obviously the more users come on um, into the game, we'll be able to be more accurate and, and pinpoint um, with our data. Um, but the actions he takes and how he battles, how he fights, how he combats will dictate the personality um, and the character of his avatar monkey. And this will be expressed in the facial expressions on, on the monkey itself. Um, so if, if he's not nurturing the character, um, if he's not feeding, he'll have to come on into the game. He'll have to feed him at certain times, um, nurture, play, train all these um, human nature kind of um, things that everybody really has. Um, and there'll have to be a special bond. And the way he um, develops and grows his monkey um, through all the evolution stage, um, the, he will, the, the monkey will take that through the game. So it'll be a transfer from the real world to, to the digital world. Even, even things like if he's overworking, his monkey will be a data point. He'll have to rest. <laughs> We have a treehouse area where there's different beds. If he has a good bed, he'll have a good night's sleep. His energy will will increase. Um, that's one aspect. Um, so yeah, so it's going to be uh, it's going to be the bond. Uh, that's really what we're focusing on between between the gamer and and his monkey. Are there also female monkeys? There is. There is. There's both female and male monkeys. Um, we think it's really important. Um, to have both um, and to have a lot of women coming into this space as well, which uh, is exciting. And so all of this is certainly exciting. I can't help but put on my policy girl hat again and ask about safety, privacy, inclusivity. Obviously, gaming is fun. I think it's fun anyway. Lots of opportunities. To me, it's also really neat that you can actually blend sort of the the analog world of nurturing, caring, doing better by getting rest. So you're taking some some good emotions, analog emotions that have always been around and, and integrating them into playtime. But what about safety? I'm thinking about addiction. I'm thinking about younger children getting um, into the space and spending maybe too much time. Any concerns around safety? Is there anything that you know, you're doing right now to ensure that there's a good balance there? Yeah, um, again, uh, that is one thing that we're um, super um, focused on as well. Um, with the collection of data that we have, there'll be, there'll be ways of being able to see how much time uh, players are reading articles, um, how long they're in the game. Um, we'll be able to monitor all that. And, all, and from all these data points, we can then focus the way we're going to build out the next stages, the next levels, but also um, key point um, individually, how users are. And, and from that, we can make certain changes that need to be made. So we will be able to, to monitor all that type of behavioral um, data uh, rather than personal data um, and, and make the changes that we need to, to protect the people uh, that may be vulnerable in, into, the, into the game. That's a good thing to hear. It certainly makes my heart happy. I know that you mentioned Disney's looking to hire NFT experts in order to also develop in this space. 
tell us a little bit more about what Disney's up to. Are they a serious contender in the gaming space? Um, yeah, Disney will be the biggest there. And this is why a lot of these brands don't really need to move as such yet into this space. Uh, because when they do come into this space, it's, it's going to be pretty epic. Um, because everything, everything is a token, everything is an NFT. So it's, I mean, how many Disney movies have there been? How many Disney princesses has there been? Characters, uh, artifacts, songs, everything is, I mean, the financial wealth that Disney will have when they come on into the space um, is, is going to be incredible. Um, but again, it's it's really interesting, this space, because, because crypto, the way we see it is a case of uh, there's something for everybody. Like you have different genres, um, maybe sports and music. So it's really just kind kind of what Web2 didn't do. Um, crypto has now just put the value side of things um, into it that people can now transfer um, through a trusted um, permissionless and open way. Um, and yeah, did. Um, it's it's going to be really exciting. Uh, we're going to see a lot of big brands coming in. Uh, we've, we're starting to see a lot of sporting teams come in. Um, clubs, I think Manchester United have partnered with Tezos. Man City have now got partnered with Sony. So they have gone and have a virtual stadium where they can interact with their fans. So really what this is all about is just being able to, rather than the bigger companies having to rent their space off the likes of Facebook um, and other Apple and other platforms. They just have this direct relationship to their consumer. And it's just going to be a real uh, big feed loop of value, just being able to be able to be transferred from the user to the companies as well. So they'll be getting the real value that they shouldn't always should deserve the consumer rather than just having to uh, to take uh, part of that value. So it's going to be really interesting. Well, we both said that big brands are definitely dipping their toes into the NFT world right now. Everybody's talking about the metaverse. A lot of us are arguing, is the metaverse here yet? And arguably no, but we're obviously evolving to that space. For teams, digital teams, and for companies that haven't truly dipped their toe into the water right now, what advice do you have for them? What should they be really thinking about for 2022? Um, I think they should be really considering it and looking how they can uh, adapt and quickly uh, quickly react to what's going on. Um, I, I think we, it was very interesting. We saw this happening with the social media um, as well, um, with the likes of Facebook and, and certain platforms and uh, in the e-commerce side and the fashion and sales and distribution. A lot of companies didn't want to react. They didn't want to change the business models Um because uh, they was happy the way they maybe were. And those are the, the companies that potentially uh, miss the boat um, and they're, they're fared out because it's normally the, the indie companies, the smaller companies who can who can react and move the fastest and the quickest in this space. Um, and this is this is how you see this, this big shift um, and a lot of new emerging companies taking over. Um, so yeah, yeah but, but it's still early on. Uh, there's a lot of time. Uh, they're probably they're probably looking into this space. Um, they're probably very patient. But we're going to see a lot of things happening in this year um, and next. Um, and I think the metaverse is probably uh, probably uh, 
going to be the most valuable thing uh, at the minute. Remember, who said it's going to be a one trillion dollar market? So it's, uh, I think that's what all the investors are after at the minute: the metaverse over Bitcoin. And let's see who gets into the first heat wave of the race, right? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, there's going to be a lot of a lot of spaces out there. Metaverse is very decentralized, and a lot of good projects out there, and you see a lot of people from these fintech companies. Um, who are now jumping across um, are these Silicon Valley companies uh, because they see the incentives and they see where the future is, uh, the future lies. Um, so, yeah, with, with everything that's going on, um, um, with certain things as well, robotics, genetics, uh, this new monetary system, NFTs, um, we're going to be seeing a lot of big changes and these companies uh it's a lot to take in it's a lot to take in but um, there's a lot of interesting people um out there that they can listen to and take advice from so um yeah it's it's moving quickly so i think you just said it well because it was top of mind for me which is there's a lot of activity there's a lot of people there's a lot of noise how do you see the through reason, the noise the oh hey, my brain is on fire sometimes um it's trying to keep one eye on what the, what you're doing with the project side of things. Um, we've got a Comic-Con event um, that we're doing. So we've got a lot going on. At the same time, we're working on the game. Um, we're talking to a lot of people in the space, a lot of exchanges, um, a lot of things that we're going on. Um, I think staking is going to be going live again in March. You've got to keep one eye on what you're doing and one eye on, obviously, a lot of changes because everything's moving so quickly. Um, and it's fascinating to see what other games are doing. All these different DeFi components and financial elements and 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 rewards and how how people how games especially are doing it because there's so many different ways um, that people are um, providing yields on certain NFTs and certain ways that you can incentivize um, your customers. And that's the biggest thing we're looking at is, is being able to give the value back to the customers. Um, to the gamers um, and and slowly in time, hopefully your business model works and you bring a fun and engaging game out. Uh, yeah, we're looking, we're, we're happy with what we do. I think that's great advice for everybody who's listening. Chris, I really love the fact that you're saying, yes, lots of noise, lots of activity out there, but slow down, listen to your customers, which is what it's all about at the end of the day, right? If you don't build something that customers are going to see as valuable, engaging, fun, they're not going to actually take it on. And so always come back to who you're doing this for, why you're doing it, how you're going to do it. And it sounds like in a space where everybody's rushing or seems like they're crazed, there's time. So don't rush it is what I heard you say. Uh, slow down, focus on what's important. And it sounds like that's what you've done at CocoSwap, taking your time over the years, gotten the infrastructure right and really settled yourself in for the long term. Yeah, um, I mean it's really it's really just super important. But obviously, we we we've got a lot of um, consultants, um, a lot of people in the gaming space who we've taken a lot of advice of, a lot of people who we've been working with. But everybody is super helpful, um, and this is what this is. This is what is happening with Web three, and this is why we're seeing a massive growth in adoption. Um, but again, what I would just say is uh, get to know the people who are uh, working actively in the space. Be careful how people um, are moving ethically around you. Um, and and it's just being able to really find out what you're passionate in 
um, and from that build your community from there, um, and you'll 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 find your space. Great advice. Thanks so much, Chris. Again, folks, Chris Clark, CEO of CocoSwap. Really appreciate your time today, Chris. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Christine. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for joining the Power of Digital Policy. To sign up for our newsletter, get access to policy checklists, detailed information on policies, and other helpful resources, head over to thepowerofdigitalpolicy.com. If you get a moment, please leave a review on iTunes to help your digital colleagues find out about the podcast.